Welcome to the first episode of the Daoology podcast. This is Paul Wang, also known as Xuan Dao, a cultivation name I gave myself. Xuan means mystic, mysterious, mystery, mystical. You get the idea. And Dao, I'll speak about in a little bit. I want to thank you for inviting me into your inbox and allowing me to stream through your devices. Daoology is a word that I came up with. Um, all of you know words like biology, or psychology, or anthropology. So the ology part means the study of. Biology is the study of life. Psychology is the study of psyche or mind. Anthropology is the study of humans, human culture, civilization. So Daoology means the study of Dao. Ology comes from the Greek word logos. Now, logos has many different connotations depending on who you speak to and what their tradition is. So one example is from the Judeo-Christian uh, religion. Logos is the word, the word made flesh and incarnated in the figure of Jesus Christ. In Greek philosophy, logos also has many meanings. Uh, one of them is the bridge between the divine and the mundane. Uh, sort of a cosmic law, a natural principle that creates order. In that sense, it's very much related to the Eastern concept of Tao, also a very important and imperative concept to understand uh, Eastern philosophy. Originally, the term came from Chinese language and culture, but also has spread to other countries. Um, so Tao is often translated as the way or the path. I like to add an interpretation when I transmit the Tao as your story. So all of us have our life way and that's sort of a thread. Your lowercase s story, your lowercase d Tao. And it's braided together as a unique contribution to uh, the rope, if you will, of capital D Dao, our collective story. So cultivation of the Dao is, in a sense, the mastery of your story. By aligning with this cosmic natural principle, we can actualize our potential as a human being between heaven and earth. So Daology is a frame, it's a map, it's an invitation to have conversations around meaning of being, our reason for existence, these bigger, deeper questions, but also a bridge between the practical and the theoretical, the simple and the complex, east and west, as I just explained. 
as well as the modern and ancient, the scientific and spiritual. So that's very much my passion to welcome you to this conversation as we explore themes and memes around this frame. Now, specifically today, to inaugurate this first episode, I want to share something I wrote. And it was inspired by working with my clients, patients, and students who I very much learn from and their stories, their Tao. And it is about an important variable in terms of allowing us to understand and bring the the sacredness that comes through the Tao into our daily lives. And I'm referring to emotions. So on the spectrum of wellness and illness, emotions are an essential variable to be able to manage. I I would rather call it a relationship. So we have our primary relationship, that is to our own emotions, as well as our secondary relationship to the emotions of others. Now the quality of the primary relationship affects and manifests in the quality of the secondary relationships and vice versa. So emotional interactions are obviously complex and can get very complicated. However, through working with many people, I've observed overarching principles that apply, as well as underlying processes that often unfold. So I wrote this piece and I titled it Emotional Emaciation or Emancipation. And the subtitle is From Sealing to Revealing and Feeling to Healing. It's a piece of what I call Poetry, which is another word I coined, a portmanteau between prose and poetry, because it's a mix of the the two modes of writing. So I hope you enjoy and get something out of it. We begin to suspect our own feelings as wrong and even dangerous after being repeatedly criticized punished, shamed for expressing them, especially by authority figures and relational groups who we depended on for survival, meaning, belonging, when we were just young, vulnerable, impressionable children. Thus, reactively adapting to others and adopting their norms we reliably abandoned our own beating heart due to the undue and unfair social pain and disdain it caused. Estranged from the rest of us, its vital beauty, power, sensitivity was numbed 
starved, paralyzed. However, since the solar soul, which illuminates our mortal form, essentially longs to dance free in full flow, this psychic amputation projects as disconnected relationships, unsatisfying vocations, fragmented lives. Ultimately, no one, a guide, any guru, nor goddess, is able to unlock this otherwise eternal, infernal, internal quarantine but ourselves. And above all, discovery of self-love is the master key. Each turn of it simultaneously requires and acquires trust and truth, forgiveness and forbearance, courage and encouragement. Because we become identically identified with repressed energies from ancient patterns, their catharsis will likely become so temporarily uncomfortable such that we may crave, negotiate, beg to mask up and shut down again. Spiritual surgery to extract old egos is excruciating. Imagine what can happen when an innocent prisoner, unjustly incarcerated for decades, is finally released. Spasms of cage rage, grief, anxiety, terror are common and commensurate as the victim is allowed to end a withering jail cell sentence and enter an enlivening new rebirth. Yet, when the latter becomes too overwhelming, return to the familiar limitations of being behind bars appears more appealing. The difficult reintegration process, following severe, prolonged disintegration, is often disorienting, bewildering, and apparently counterproductive. Things seem worse than ever before. We outright doubt our perception, choice, sanity. But if we can learn to accept and yearn to navigate these waves of emotion as indices indicating motion through purgatory, to metamorphosis, to resurrection, to emergence from emergency, then wholeness gradually and inexorably ripens. Moreover, due to our universal intergenerational inheritance of epigenetic trauma, once we play out our personal drama, then there is also accruing karma from past lineages to help pay off. 
Furthermore, even if that ancestry is cleared, we can build credit to benefit future descendants by nurturing better culture. We may be wary, and it may lay buried, but the way is always beneath our weary feet. And at any time, we can reset upon the golden path, even if beset by regrets we cannot forget. Yes, none of us escapes here unscathed, nor perfected. Yet be not scared, for our sacred wounds do not just scar, but mark us as wise warriors, holy healers, sublime sages, magic mystics, spirit shamans. Now, dear Tao friends, fellow earth angels, let us walk onwards together, head held high, spine spirally aligned, heart broken open, eyes with gaze ablaze. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Daology Podcast, where we nurture your nature to change our culture. With yours truly, Paul Wang, aka Xuan Dao. I appreciate any likes, shares, and comments of yours. And until next time, be well.